The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Humans have been programmed or manipulated like a camera. A camera has an aperture. The wider the aperture is open, the more light enters through the lens. Our goal on this Veritas platform has always been to open our proverbial mental aperture so we can let new knowledge in. But first, in order to let new knowledge in, we must leave our preconceived notions out. We must fight our cognitive dissonance from discounting new information. If you have an insatiable thirst for knowledge, especially that which has been hidden from us, then you're in the right place. What if every rock in the ground contained blood? Tonight, we will show you a new way of thinking about the soil and the ancient creatures it may or may not contain. You will learn about the true nature of rocks, even the ones in space. Recent DNA-verified mud fossils are body parts and CAT scans that exquisitely show anatomical details. Mud fossils are perfectly preserved mineralized soft tissues due to continuous wet anaerobic mud-packed conditions. You will learn how to identify these mud fossils, how they came to be, and their ramifications which are far-reaching. You will also see that Comet 67P is completely biological and the chemistry and anatomy and gaseous emissions are unimpeachable. Open mind required as nothing taught is correct now because all knowledge is based on a false premise. Therefore, the universe is alive and life is everywhere and the earth is made of giants, exactly as ancient text said. As tonight's special guest says, quote, Mud Fossil University is dedicated to truth wherever it leads. Don't just listen. Question what is being said without fear of your grade, unquote. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Roger Spur studied material sciences using experiments, chemistry, tests, and specimens. A discovery in 2012 led Roger to start Mott Fossil University. At Mott Fossil University, there is nothing off the table. Atomic structure, light, molecules, and every energy interaction, including the most important, which is bacteria. Yes, bacteria. Literally, all life starts with bacteria, creating enzymes that are proteins which are organic enzymatic catalysts that break down molecules to create the products that are reformed for life. Also, ancient texts are well studied and ancient creatures and relics are of particular significance. Rituals and deities 
are also fair game. Roger discovered that experts were rarely equipped to deal with anything they were not quote-unquote taught, which means they rarely exercised independent or critical thinking if they wished to remain employed. But Mott Fossil University is 100% about truth and facts wherever they may lead. You can find Mott Fossil University on Facebook and especially on its YouTube channel. And directly from somewhere in New England, I would like to welcome Roger Spur. Hello, Roger, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Hello, good. Now, how are you, my friend? Can you hear me okay? Well, Roger, you have been referred to me by many of our listeners. I've watched many of your videos, and your work is fascinating. But as I said during the intro, we have to open our mental aperture, we have to open our minds. Let's begin with your story. And how did you begin with this research into mud fossils? Well, I've always had a little bit of a pushback against being told just to accept something. So I've always questioned, first of all, the atomic theory. I mean, I, I, I did a lot of, um, a lot of um, scientific sort of stuff as a kid, just as a kid. And then when I was in the Army, I was... Um, I did Nike Hercules missiles, and, you know, atomic missiles and so forth. And and, um, and I, I just got into understanding that nothing, nothing that they were telling me in college was right in schools. And um, the atom is not constructed of one big gigantic proton in the center and little electrons on the outside. It just never would work. And I did a paper about that 50 years ago, seriously, 50 years ago. And I said, it's, it's impossible, absolutely impossible. Well, anyway, um, the light theory came just a few years ago. But the I've always had a streak. Let me just go and put it that way. I've always had a streak against being told, just accept it, just accept it, don't fight it. You know, and that's what I was always told. Now, when I, I discovered the mud fossils in, right in my yard, now I have, you know, fairly good-sized property. I have like 10 acres. And in New England here, in Connecticut, New England, when they made the the um, fields, they would put piles of stone. They make stone walls everywhere. I mean, I'm all over my property, and and um, and I had a big pile of stuff out there. And one day, I'm just looking at, it and I realize these are all body parts from creatures, and um, so I tried to um, engage with. If anyone, I mean literally anyone, <laughs> and not a single person breathing oxygen would discuss it with me. You know, I was crazy or crazy or a nutcase, da 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 da. Well, ends up I go to I go to Yale. Well, I, I tried getting in touch with them, and I said, "Well, what do I have to do to prove this?" And they told me I'd have to have this done and that done. I did everything, and they still wouldn't talk to me. And I had CAT scans, I had DNA tests done. Now, something I want to make 100% clear before we talk about this DNA. The guy that did the DNA test, I'm sure, is being assaulted because I got something from him that said, if you tell anybody I said that there's giants, I'm going to sue you or something along that line. And he never said there was giants. He said what I sent him was human Gen genetic DNA, mitochondrial human 
DNA, it had those signatures. That's all that he said. And anybody did a fabulous job. It was PCR uh, tests on three different specimens. All of them came back, and I knew where they were. Because I had an anatomist look at him, too. He said the same thing. Yeah, those are absolutely a lung, a fingertip, and, uh, well, there's two fingertips and a lung. And one of the fingertips was absolutely abnormal. I mean, three feet long fingertip. I'm serious. And that's on my property. It's right here on my property. And the fingerprint and the fingernail are almost as good as the ones on your hand. I'm serious. And uh, I took the DNA from up inside of where an arterial blood supply would be. Not from the surface, no little scraping here and there. And I did it very, very well, sterile. I know what I'm doing. And I double-bagged it, and then I sent them off. And it took, oh, I don't know, two, three months to get the results. You know, because they did it, they had a special paper. Now, as far as I know, this was the first ever human DNA test on ancient fossils. I mean, on, on, on mud fossils anyway, for sure, because nobody knew mud fossils existed. <laughs> At this point, no one would accept the fact that these were literally body parts. And they are. I mean, now it's accepted pretty well. But do you feel it's accepted now? Well, I don't know that it's accepted by the mainstream. It's just like giants are not accepted. But uh, a lot of information is out there that says that Smithsonian destroyed all the evidence regarding giants. I don't know if that's true or not, but I would not doubt it based on the information that I received. Now, why do you call it mud fossil and not just fossil if there's genetic, genetic material being involved? Well, here's the deal. The, all of the stuff I have, virtually all of it, came from what they would have considered the Great Flood. Now, and I, the reason I know this is because they are body parts. I have lungs and kidneys and hearts and livers and fingers and toes and heads and every single body part you can think of. I mean, and they're all over. And they were from giants all the way down to little tiny people. I have new species called no-toes that have the toes built right inside. And I mean, there's no question that they're there. They're, they're, and we have them eroded to a point where you can see every little bit of what I'm saying. So it's not like I'm, I'm talking about something I can't present the exact evidence to support. So all this stuff is literally indisputable if it was looked at. Now, that's the key. They can just not look at something. And in that case, I am going to consider them to accept it. If they won't look at it, to examine it, after I have DNA, I have CAT scans, I have specimens, I have anatomies, I have chemistry, because it's all, all the chemistry is fully understood. The ferrous oxides, Fe, Fe2O2, Fe2O3, and then all of the different trace metals and minerals in the blood, I have all of the, I have, it's, 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 it's just, it's so far proved. That's why they don't even bother to talk to me. So anyway, uh, um, I have all the evidence. They have to come to me. They are now become, becoming pretty fraudulent. In my opinion, I would sue them to be honest with you. I wouldn't pay them for any education that they're presenting now in any of these realms. It's, it's absolutely terrible. For them not to engage is not right. Absolutely not right. 
Well, when I think of academia, I think all these professors, no offense to any of them, because they're, they're trying to do what they thought it was, was right. They go through many years of, of, I hate to say it, but programming, because all they're doing is reading from a script, and they're just repeating it again. Critical thinking is not enabled, is not endorsed or, or recommended. If you exercise some critical thinking and become independently uh, your own person, you basically lose your tenure and your funding, and then you become someone like you. You step outside, and then you try to bring the truth out. But with this gargantuan system of educational uh, prowess that the United States and Europe and the rest of the world has, in order to keep information from the public, what would the consequences be if this information you're sharing with us is true? And the world gets to know that giants inhabited this planet before. What would the, qu- the consequences be to the current narrative, Roger? Well, um, first of all, one thing I want to mention to you, breaking up a little bit. Am I breaking up at all on your side? Not at all. All right. Well, you're breaking up a little bit, but I can still understand you fine. Now, let me just um, address what would change. A hundred percent of everything. A hundred percent of every single thing would change. All the way right down to literally everyone's beliefs. Because what I am presenting flies in the face of every belief system there is. I, and these things that you have no idea about, that I, you know, I, I'm sure you don't, well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. You, I know you must know about the, um, uh, Nagamati text and the Dead Sea Scroll. Sure. Uh, and you know when they were discovered was right after um, the Jews were slaughtered and renewed Japan. Yes. Immediately after World War II, immediately after the state of Israel was uh, declared a country. Uh, yes. Right, right. It's a, it was all falling into so, sort of a biblical pattern of now is the time to release this information and tell them, we're going to wipe you people off the face of the planet again if you don't stop nuking each other and killing each other. And we didn't. We just got worse. We got worse until a point where it was so close to, you know, you know I was in I was in nuclear missiles myself, you know. It, it, was, it was crazy. It's actual insanity. Insanity. Heaven, no, no more insane could you be. And and they realized how insane we were, and we're doing exactly identical to what happened the last time when they wiped us off the face of the planet. And it, it appears that that actually did happen. And um, and the Great Flood was the outcome of that. Let's stay there for a moment, because I've asked many researchers if the Great Flood was a natural occurrence. Perhaps we've had. Other cataclysms in our history, five, some people say this is the sixth one. Uh, we're the sixth reappearance of, of humanity based on, you know, we had that Noah, we had the, and others, Adam and Eve. What do you think caused the mud flood? You're saying that it was a, a nuclear event? No, no. Well here's, well, here's the problem. I can't tell you specifically. Well, 
here's the deal. This I, I mentioned the cop. Uh, did I mention the copper scrolls? No, not the copper scrolls. Okay, the copper scrolls are the ones. Now, you have the Bible, and then you have all of the um, Dead Sea Scrolls and the Nag Hammadi texts, which add a lot of flavor to the Bible and change the rule of this, change the rule of that. But they're not totally anything like the Copper Scrolls. Now, I... And I don't even know if this is true, but there are copper scrolls that were found as a result of the Dead Sea Scrolls being found. They offered a million dollars for anybody to find any more scrolls. And they ran, everybody went out and looked and, and this, I guess the archaeologists did discover these and they were, they were copper and they were pretty kind of fragile, you know, copper corrodes and so forth, but they, they could still make it out, and apparently it talks about all of these things that were in the Bible but were related to spaceships and, and, and aliens and not like these mysterious well, here's an example um, when, and this was only 3,500 years ago um, when they led the Israeli Israelites out of Egypt through the Sinai. It says, I believe it's in the Bible, or I, I guess it's the Bible that says, um, God led them out with a, a pillar of, of um, smoke during the day and a pillar of fire during the night, something like that. Now, in the Copper Scrolls, it says that they were led through the Sinai by a spacecraft it was capable of emitting fire and um, light. <laughs> and when they talk about all of these different people, um, Ezekiel and all of them, they went into the belly of a beast, up, uh, well, the belly of a craft, up a silver ladder. And they talk, over and over, it talks about it. even Jesus. That's what it says. That's what this guy says. And um, it will... If anybody doesn't believe that there's aliens now, I don't know where they're living. You know, if you, you got to do a little bit of research. That's the problem. People have a, a, an opinion, and then the case is closed. Well, you know, people, use, for, uh, people use conventional wisdom. I mean, for example, uh, during the times of Christopher Columbus, when he came along with the three ships, the natives in uh, Hispanola or Puerto Rico, they did not see the ships because they never... They've never seen one before, and it took one of the, the shamans or the elders to be able to see it. So in the old days, that's why they call it the wheels of Ezekiel or the flying chariots when they saw, you know, like Vimanas. What would they say? And I remember Zachariah Sitchin when I asked him in the old days if they had rockets, what would they had called it, you know, a hundred years ago? And he would have, he said they would have called it a big pencil. So in that time, if they saw technology that was well beyond what they had, how would they have described it? Well, they, they did pretty well in a lot of them. Um, the wheel within the wheel and uh, all of these different ancient texts, if you look through them very carefully, you can hear, you can see all of the, the you know, it did this and then it moved this way or that way or he was taken... 
Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.